God bless you, and welcome back to Yesterday Ended. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin. Thanks for joining me today. There are many mindsets that we can adopt to help us get through a day. There are many endeavors we can involve ourselves with to pass the time. The creator of the heavens and the earth is your father, and he loves hearing your voice. With that in mind, I choose a lifestyle of prayer. So I pray. Give a listen. What is your prayer life like? Do you have one? Is it habitual or does it happen by happenstance? One simple way to change the circumstance of the day is to pray. The power of prayer is documented all throughout Scripture. Several large libraries could be filled with books of testimonies concerning God's answers to our prayers. I have seen his answers many times, so my poem today is entitled, So I pray. How do I pray without ceasing? What reminders can I use for his power to be releasing? So every time I hear the buzzer of an alarm clock, I pray. When the whistle blows on the tea kettle, I pray. As the water rains down in the shower, my prayers go up to God. It's the start of the day, so I pray. In the hustle of morning traffic, if a siren gives a shout, My prayers will drown it out, praying a prayer for all it is about. As I stop at a red light, prayer is my delight, speeding to God who makes things right. When my eyes see a plane flying high, to God I lift my cry. I pray for those who will say hello or goodbye. In the air I lift my prayer to the ears of God who really cares. It's the middle of the day, so I pray. As I drive to and fro, instead of yelling at others I do not know, I lift my voice unto God, his love to show. Though others may stare as my voice I lift in prayer, it's the only loving way to live my day. As others twist and shout, I look to God and need not pout. He will answer each and every request without a doubt. At the end of the day, I relax with God and say a prayer for all the things still weighing on my mind. I lift them all to God in fervent prayer, placing all at his throne, and leave them there. He who is love will give me grace in time of need. Upon my pillow I lay my head, resting assured in his word. Sweet sleep awaits my tired soul. Before I fall asleep, instead of counting sheep, I'll say some prayers for all of those I love so deep. It's the end of the day, so I pray. Building habits that remind us to pray can be fun. Many years ago, someone gave me a sticker in the shape and color of a stop sign, octagonal and red. But instead of stop, written in white, it had the letters SIT on it. SIT is an acronym for speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is called by many our heavenly prayer language. And we'll not spend a day teaching about that. That's an episode for the future. Today, whatever way you pray, either with your understanding or in the Spirit, I want you to get into the habit of praying more. I designed a poster many years ago. It says, Think less, pray more. How often do you pray? King David, titled A Man After God's Own Heart, prayed at least three times a day that we know of 
according to Psalm 55, verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. There's also a verse in Daniel that shows this tradition of Jewish prayer. Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Some enemies of Daniel convinced King Nebuchadnezzar to make a decree that no one could pray to any other god but him. Daniel walked in faith and continued his habit of prayer and thanks to God three times a day. The three times of day mentioned here relate to our 9 a.m., 12 noon, and finally 3 p.m. Since their culture began as a theocracy, government ruled by God, everything revolved around the living of their beliefs. Even after the addition of the king, which the people had requested, the lifestyle of the faithful in Israel revolved around God and worshiping him and connecting with him. So what does your faith look like? Again, I ask the question, how often do you pray? Victory in our lives is proportional to how much we pray. You have not because you ask not, or you ask with selfish motivations. But it all starts with a relationship with God first. I start my morning with about 30 minutes of worship in the Spirit. Then if I don't have to run out the door for work, I endeavor to pray for at least 30 minutes and sometimes an hour. Honestly, this is a habit I am endeavoring to build in greater quantity and regularity. The worship habit I've been doing for a long, long time. Your time of worship, praising the Lord and giving thanks to Him, either in your own language or by speaking in tongues, should be your priority. Are we endeavoring to reach out with open arms to hug our Father or simply reaching for His wallet? Prayer should be a big part of our lives as Christians, but a challenge exists in many Christians' lives. If you do not expect an answer, you usually don't ask a question. This is the unfortunate state of prayer in many people. We have feelings of unworthiness that stop us from even asking God to help. We don't think he'll answer. But hear what it says in 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Recognizing that God cares for us gives us hope that when we approach him, he will hear us, as David said. We must always remember the admonition in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, that says, We can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. This is a promise of possibility or potential. This can happen if we come boldly to the throne of grace. Feelings of unworthiness keep us away from going to our Father all too often. Yet as the forgiving father with the prodigal son, the father was watching for the son to return and openly greeted him, loved him, and showered him with blessings. We do not have to live with a, a servant mentality anymore. 
We are his beloved children in whom he is well pleased. Good fathers want to play with their children. They want to talk with them and hear what's on their hearts. And our Heavenly Father is, as the song says, a good, good father. Imagine yourself as a three-year-old child. You're innocent. You are the object of your father's affection. You truly are his beloved child. And even though two- and three-year-olds can be less than obedient, he is still well-pleased with you. You were made worthy by the blood of Jesus. You are seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. You have a good place and position to make requests from. So what are you asking for? In Philippians 4.6, it teaches us, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. It tells us here not to be anxious. This is actually written as a command in the Greek language. It's not a suggestion. And although not one of the Ten Commandments, it is still a command. Don't be anxious. But in contrast, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, an opposite element to anxiety, let your request be made known unto God. This last phrase, let your request be made known unto God, is again a commandment. You're supposed to be talking to God and letting him know what's on your heart. To be able to speak to God with thanksgiving again indicates we should have an expectation that he's going to give us a favorable answer. James chapter 4 verse 8 tells us that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. Prayer is so much more than requests and supplications. It should be a simple conversation. God's not a bank teller that we approach with a withdrawal slip. And if he was a bank teller, we should start with a deposit to him of our praise and worship. He is worthy. The breath you just took, it was from him. He's your father, and he loves you dearly. To help you with establishing a lifestyle of prayer, I recommend reading the booklet, The Practice of the Presence of God, from Brother Lawrence. You can download free PDF versions online. It's also available as a book if you prefer a nicely bound paperback. Brother Lawrence lived in the 1600s, and his lifestyle in the monastery was one of a constant conversation with the father. He did not bother with the trivial things of life. Now, most of us do not live in a monastic lifestyle, and we do have many things that draw our attention away from God. But it's those things that we need to bring to the Father and discuss and then make requests about them. I'm a tea drinker, but you may prefer something else to each his own. So get a cup of your favorite beverage, curl up in a comfy chair, and spend time chatting with your father, your Abba, your daddy. To start with, don't make any request. Just tell him you love him. This is a good place for honesty. Remember, he sees everything. Don't come in fear, but come with an expectation of good. He loved you so much, he gave his only begotten son. You've been reconciled, so enjoy the friendship. Concerning the elements of my poem, I gave you a lot of different situations to remind you to pray. 
I've spoken before about alarms on my phone that go off sometimes every hour from 10.55 a.m. to 4.55 p.m. to remind me to fellowship with a father. On alternating hours, I spend five minutes in an endeavor to completely shut off everything else and pray and give thanks to the Father. On the other alternating hours, I simply check in and say hi. It's a way for me to acknowledge him in all my ways. Power awaits you in prayer. So go pray.